Welcome to Illuminate Greatness, the podcast that explores the latest trends in marketing and public relations and highlights the most positively powerful brands and people who are making a difference in our world. And now your host, entrepreneur, marketing and public relations expert, advocate, spiritual explorer, mother, and founder of Olive Creative Strategies, Jennifer Borba von Stauffenberg. Welcome to Illuminate Greatness. I am so inspired by today's conversation that we're about to have with Sarah Steiber. She is an electric realist painter and she's absolutely incredible. I have several of her pieces in my collection and I am really looking forward to today's conversation. We're gonna talk to her about what it's like to be greatness illuminated and then also One thing that is so special about her work is that she illuminates greatness through her pieces of art. A lot of it has to do with women empowerment and just really finding your inner strength. And so here I am sitting with Sarah. Welcome to Illuminate Greatness. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Jen. Any opportunity to talk with you for any prolonged amount of time is such a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me on. Of course. And I got an extra perk because I purchased her face, her face collection is her newest collection. And I actually purchased policy director. And I want to talk a little bit about that before we get into the collection that you just unveiled and and your recent show at the local gallery here in San Diego. I want to hear a little bit about how you started in art and how you got to where you are today. <sighs> Back from the beginning. <laughs> you know, it's so funny because I just I just painted my first mural over at the Porta Vista Hotel and I was lucky enough that a local filmmaker, Holly Suter, wanted to create a documentary about the process, and she was asking me a lot about how I got started and actually asked me to scrounge up a couple pictures of me when I was little painting. And I found this video of me painting when I was two years old. Amazing. where, <laughs> Yeah, and I, I was my mom is like, Sarah, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm painting. She's like, what are you making? I'm like, a rainbow. Oh, that's so sweet. I was just telling your mom, Betty, that my son's painting, his first painting when he was two is actually framed and hung next to your painting in my office. I just noticed that. That makes me so happy. I'm so hopeful that he keeps doing it because he's talented. And it's fun to watch him discover color. And, and actually, he's Sarah's biggest fan. <laughs> he loves to flip through her books and see all of her art. And he recognizes her art whenever we see it. So it's really fun. Sorry. Carry on. No, it's I want to hear about back in the day. <laughs> Any excuse to talk about Otto? I'll I take know, it. I love he's, him. he's too so great. cute. <laughs> but anyway, I think that that just revisiting those videos and photos of me painting as a little kid truly made me realize how obsessed with making art I have been and like what a core part of my identity and my early self-confidence building it was because I was actually a really shy little kid and that was how I how I showed how I expressed myself and that was those were the first moments that I received clarity around like my individuality you know I was like the girl that liked to draw amazing what's so special about Sarah you can't see her right now but she's one of the most fully expressed colorful people that I've ever met and every day she's like a work of art with her accessories and her hair color and just every (laughs) detail 
So tell me a little bit more about your story starting from when you were little and how you, how did it go from an activity that you were doing to an actual career? Yeah. So when I was actually, I was in high school. This is another funny story. I was in high school and I always was into painting and drawing, but I didn't think it was a practical career option because who who grows up to be a painter who supports themselves and I wasn't sure if I wanted to pursue it and then I had this opportunity to go study painting for a month in Florence Italy mm-hmm. and my I love Florence. isn't it fantastic and I was just like up in the Uffizi and got to paint from all the masters or sketch from all the masters works and I would spend all day every day in the museums and it was a transformative experience for me obviously because I was painting but for the first time in my life I'm very about relationships and very close with my closest friends but for the first time I didn't really have anyone around me that I felt especially connected to and it really gave me like really the first opportunity to look super inward and just spend all this time diving into my artwork and my teacher at the time who just I think that was probably like the first time he ever taught that program his name was Noah Buchanan I believe and he told me Sarah you need to study art in school like you have something here and you know you're you're blowing an opportunity if you don't go to art school like you need to pursue this and I I took that seriously and I decided then that I would pursue it and actually just after Stiver Summer Gallery last year, Chris, my partner, and I road tripped up the one Highway One or 101, and I got to see him. I we think reconnected. I saw that photo on Instagram. Yeah, it was unbelievable. That's so amazing. Good for him. I'm so glad that he said that to you. And what's so exciting to me as a collector is to see the evolution of your art in each collection and how it just gets even more and more powerful. And I like to believe that I have all of your pivotal pieces. You do. And um, I have Follow Your Goddess, and I just purchased Phil Deal Hill, and then, I'm, as I mentioned, I have Policy Director. And can you tell us your URL so that if anybody's listening and they want to check out these images of the art that we're talking about, can you share that? Oh, absolutely. So my website is www.sarahstiber.com, and then you can also check out even more of my work on Instagram, and my handle is just Sarah Stiber. Perfect. And so you go to Florence and then you come back and can you tell me about when you actually, like how long have you been a full-time artist and doing this for a living? I've actually been so fortunate to be a full-time artist for almost 10 years. So right when I graduated, I graduated from Boston University where I ended up going to school and studying painting as well as other liberal arts goodies. And I graduated in 20. 10 and I've been a full-time artist ever since I never got a job after that that's incredible (laughs) I think that there are very few people who can say that I know I found out about your art right in the beginning so you must have come out of the gates just ready to go because I remember one of my employees actually introduced me to your work because at the time we had a gallery in our office and we would take all the legs off of the desks and stuff them into a closet and transform the space into an art gallery. Oh my God, I remember that. And we reached out to you and you had just signed with a gallery or something. So you couldn't do a show. I can't remember what the specifics were. Oh gosh. Now we're basically doing a show. My office is a Sarah Steiber (laughs) gallery, which is so great. And hopefully my home will be too. 
I'll have a couple pieces there soon. So I want to talk about that evolution of your art. Your last collection of work, do you want to share a little bit about that and then we'll talk about Face It? Sure. So the one right before Face yeah, It? Yeah, because I think that one was such a breakthrough collection of work and I know that there's so much to talk about with Face It. So I want to oh, just absolutely. hear a little bit about Follow Your Goddess and that. Totally. My 2017 collection was called Rainbow Ribbon Magic, and I was so inspired to create that painting really by the Women's March. I was at the Women's March in 2016 when Trump was elected to office, and I realized, you know, the misogyny in the U.S. really had a spotlight on it. And I think a lot of us were really shocked by how much we had been maybe avoiding or how much some of the negative underbelly of in the United States really was there and we just weren't aware of it. So I wanted to create a celebratory series that really highlighted and celebrated the women that inspire me in the hopes of just kind of holding them up and creating positive imagery in a time where a lot of the news was so negative. But also my hope was to inspire other people to really pursue whatever it was that they wanted and specifically to inspire women to pursue their passions. And so every woman in that series is someone that I know personally who inspires me, who's pursuing something that they care about. And there were quite a few artists that I featured, people who, you know, just even worked in sales. Whatever they did, they just loved it. And the visual imagery that I chose to use throughout that entire body of work was ribbons because I was trying to think, what can I use how can I create a visual metaphor for an extension of somebody's energy? Like, how do you show that in art? And I realized that ribbons were perfect because, of course, as you mentioned, I am obsessed with color. (laughs) and You got a lot of variety there. But also, the nature of ribbons is they can be held taut. You know, like I have a painting where the ribbons are just shooting out of somebody's heart and they're just so, you know, straight and narrow. And they're almost pulling her forward. And, And that's a certain kind of force of energy. The painting that you have, Jen, Follow Your Goddess, the ribbons are almost serve as like a rope or a connected force where all these women are walking and being guided by this goddess mural and they're kind of helping and guiding each other and then I have a painting called possibilities in that series where the ribbons are are flowing in every which way and in that particular and they're coming out of her like kind of from her heart and her arms outward and in that series they represent all of the many directions that you could follow over the course of your life so it gave me so much visual imagery to work with and and was just so fabulous. It's so powerful when I first saw the collection Follow Your Goddess felt so empowering and so inspiring I had to have it (laughs) and the other one that I purchased in that collection is Phil Deal Hill and at the time I saw the painting for the first time. I had just had a miscarriage. And when I saw it, I just cried and cried and cried. I felt such an intense emotion around it. And then I finally had my son, who I was trying to have for so long, and I saw the painting again. And instead of crying sad tears, I cried happy tears. And I really felt the completeness of the message that you were sharing in the painting. And I had to purchase it finally. Almost before that moment, I couldn't handle the energy of the painting because I wasn't through the feel, deal, heal piece. The healing part hadn't come into my life yet. And so I just want to thank you because your art is so powerful for me. It literally mirrors the experiences that I'm going through in life and invites me to step even further into it. And I think so many people have that experience with it. And that's why your paintings in particular, it's like they have a soul connection to the person that they, that ends up having them in their lives. And it's just so powerful. 
I have another question about the rainbow ribbon magic. What do you think it's like for the women that are in the art experiencing being painted? Because what Sarah does is so cool. She actually styles the women does their makeup, does everything. She creates the painting in real life. And I think a lot of people don't realize that about your work if they don't take the time to see the videos. Yeah. And, and also the other thing that Sarah does that is so powerful is she creates these documentaries that are connected to the art. So she's more than just painting. She is creating real life experiences, photographing them, then painting them, and then she tells a story about them, which is so much further. And I want to get into that a little because I think that really differentiates you. It's like a lot of people go 95% of the way and they don't do the last 5%. Yeah. That's the difference that makes the difference right now. And you do it so beautifully. So I want to talk first. I want you to answer that. Sorry, there was so much. I want to talk <laughs> about the women in the art. And then I want to talk about your process. And then let's talk about Face It. Absolutely. But first, before I get into any of that, I just want to thank you so much for resonating with my work. Like Jen is the person who just gets my work before I even explain it, which is like your, your like psyche so deep inside of it that you just know what it's about before I even. Because it's, you're telling a story visually, and I don't know that everybody does that so well. When I look at your art, I have an experience. I experience it visually. I experience it emotionally. It is like a reflection. And so, and I think that's what great art is. When you can stand in front of a painting and you can understand the story that the person is trying to tell, and then you can see yourself in it. And if you can walk away with a feeling that elevates you, then it's absolutely something that you need to have in your life. And for me, your art is a reminder of my strength and courage. The reason I bought Follow Your Goddess at the time, it was the same time that I saw Phil Deal Hill that I wasn't ready to see it, but mm -hmm. Follow Your Goddess just, it was like, you know, they, my village, my tribe of goddesses were elevating me and were helping carry me along because even though you talk about the ribbon as like, a connection and a guide at the time it was sort of like when I saw it, it was like if I am not strong enough to hold myself up oh, and carry yeah. forward my tribe will Absolutely. and it was such a powerful thing for me to see it's like as long as I stay on track and stay on my path everything's going to be okay I'll get through this experience and one of the things that I love about your work is that it causes people to have conversations like this and more women in particular and, and probably even more men need to be talking about the emotional things that are happening in their lives yeah but if we only talk about the good stuff then we aren't really helping our communities and we're not really serving each other by pretending that we don't have vulnerability in your life mm -hmm. in our lives and your work calls that conversation forward whether it's a conversation of those moments when you're so powerful or if it's a conversation about those moments when you need support or healing but regardless of what you're working on it is always about this elevation of who you are and, and the the human experience and I just it's so powerful so well, I mean I could talk about your art all day long because I just love it so much and it speaks to me and the colors just looking at her work if you haven't gone to her website sarahstiver.com you should look because on any given day it will put you in a great mood it's just so vibrant and alive if you're having trouble finding it 
on your own, her work will elevate you. It's like as powerful or more powerful than music. Oh, thank you so much. I feel like all any artist wants is to resonate and for the what's inside of them to translate and for it to touch even one person. So I'm like over here just kind of close choking back to you. <laughs> and laughter always. just I mean I feel like cool, I'm done. I've got Jen and she she's gets it and you have and I, so many collectors though. One of the yeah, things that is so, so inspiring is that your art is created and it sells and it moves and not everybody has that experience and so Let's take a moment, though, to talk about the experience of the models that you're using in the art, and then I want to talk about that process of all of the mediums that you bring together to create this magical package. Absolutely. Yeah, so part a big part of my creative process, which, like you said, I think a lot of people don't understand. It's funny because, too, when I, we... Yesterday, I closed down the gallery, right? It's just a pop-up that I do, and I moved everything out yesterday, so I'm still kind of ruminating on that experience. But so many people, they'd come in, and they'd be like, so are these photos? Wait, how, how? You know, so it's like every no one quite gets it until they see the videos. And But yeah, so there's a ton of work and effort and thought, and almost like every painting has its own art performance aspect of of I source the materials, I'll come up with the idea for, for your painting, Jen, Follow Your Goddess, I actually painted a 16-foot mural outside of my art studio in North Park just as reference material for this photo shoot. So I go really big with them. I've created elaborate headpieces. I've, I've like collaborated with different artists to create different pieces. I've bejeweled helmets. You know, I mean, it, we go big with these photo that shoots. That is what is so beautiful. Just the process is art in itself. So to me, it's so profound that you create all these elements. And I think so many people just paint what's in their mind, but you create this in like real life. And that in itself is such a cool element that I don't know of other people who are doing that. Yeah. Thank you. It's just powerful. I think too, I, for me, um, my work is, is all about being this hyper expressed version of yourself and it's about embracing you know whatever's going on and being being real but like you said like being vulnerable and just being comfortable and and coming out the other side and a lot of my work's about resilience so I feel like it's important for me in order to get that imagery to go through this almost like theatrical part of the process and bring out the and I think through that process and through the photo shoot process I hand select my models like very intentionally they're all people that inspire me in some way and so often each painting is actually about the women that I'm painting and then I find that throughout the photo shoot process I get to watch these mostly women come into themselves and like feel their power and feel their fierceness and what I'm hoping to portray through the paintings is that moment when they just reached that so I think that the think whole totally interactive experience is kind of necessary to get to that to that level of what I want the paintings to ultimately portray. Totally. So when I did my first spiritual workshop, my intention was to find my true full expression. And so that probably is one of the reasons I resonate with your work so deeply because I think everyone should strive to be fully expressed. As a parent, for example, my goal with both of my sons is to help them identify what their gifts are and then help them to just be fully expressed in the world in those gifts, in their true essence. It's beautiful. And I think what you do for these women 
it's like you do this for your collectors because they get to see themselves reflected. But then every woman who has the opportunity to be featured in your collection is always impacted as well. And that it's like there's so many layers to what you're doing. And I just I want everybody to know and understand that because it is so much more than just a painting, even though I love paintings and that would be enough and it is enough for so many people, but it's just even more exciting to hear about all of the elements. So in that process, did you, have you always done it that way? In college using photos was a faux pas. And so when I first was creating my first bodies of work, I was really intentional about not using photographs and it was sort of looked down upon, but I realized later or I guess through the process of creating these paintings that if I really wanted to get the movement and the visual the the detailed visual imagery that I want you need a reference and I'm not my work is dynamic you know there's often people in water doing I have paintings of women doing backbends over waterfalls I mean that's not something I can just have a model pose for me for hours for hours and days and and days I think maybe that's true for some forms of art but since your art is there's so many layers to it. It absolutely makes sense. And yeah. so it's so weird for us, right, to always think that we need to put ourselves in the box that society says we need to be in. Absolutely. So on its own, even just what you're talking about is limiting your expression as a result of what people said you should or shouldn't do. Which yeah. Yeah, I know. So it's funny. ridiculous. And it's so silly. But that's what we deal with in every aspect of our lives, always, right? Yeah. If you're going to do this as a career, this is what it needs to look like. If you're going to dress this way, this is how you do it. If you're going to go to a job interview, this is how you should look and what you should say. Instead of people just being themselves and, you know, working life to the beat of their own drum. It's totally. Like, how are you about to be fully expressed if you don't have, if you feel like restricted with the tools that you can use to get there? Totally. Yeah. It, that is in retrospect, I'm glad we're talking about this. It's such a strange, a strange thing that they, they really taught us that. It was professors, <laughs> professors in college. You know, it's, I actually did, was a sculptor and what? I did sculpting <laughs> in college and I actually stopped because the professor, I was doing this torso and I was almost done with the face and I wasn't quite happy with it. Like the eyes and the nose, there was just like the wrong depth between them. And I, the professor walked up and literally grabbed the entire Mm. face off the sculpture and pulled it off and was like, that's not right. That's not good enough. And he really stifled my interest in art. I was like, if this is what art is in college, I'm not doing this because it's not supposed to be your sculpture. It's my sculpture. It's my expression. And my thing was always faces on things that didn't have faces. And so I was getting it there and oh, it that's was so upsetting I'm so sorry you had that experience and it's so interesting because it's something that I never have done since then and it was uh, something that was actually a part of who I was growing up I was no I was the one that always did the trophies and I had art in a children's museum collection and wow I it's interesting I haven't thought about this for years time Maybe to bring I it back pull out the clay. <laughs> yeah really <laughs> but it was fun my I used to sculpt it and then my sister would paint it and we created these beautiful collection like pieces that were fun but oh, that's fantastic. it was a limiting his his perspective of what it should be like that shut me down and I think that happens a lot in society with artists or anybody in their pursuit of expression. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so, 
<sighs> it's so unfortunate. And then I remember that the first time that I I was in college and I was doing this portrait of my friend Jeffrey and I wanted to use colored lights and so I went out and I bought colored lights and then I was like, well, I need I need these specific kind of fabric and so I like scoured all these thrift stores and I took a bus, I think, to some faraway place and I, I searched for the things that I really wanted to depict in the painting and I, I think that I had kind of a realization at that moment that if you want to, cre- if I want my vision to exist, I need to create it. You know, you can't be lazy. And I think so many people who want, who are just starting out perhaps, or maybe even have been painting for years, will find images online and, you know, do their thing to it or add, add a flower to her hair or throw some birds on it. <laughs> There's a lot, a lot of people birds. adding flowers and birds to everything. <laughs> <laughs> and hearts. But yeah, for me, it truly, from start to finish, to like source my materials, style my models, like have ownership of the entire process from start to finish is is what makes my images exactly what I want them to be. And totally. I think having that control over the narrative of, of my work, but also leaving it up to up to chance because there is this photo shoot process that is run and gun and you're dealing with other people like there's there's opportunity for magic to exist in that space so I try to hold on to it but like not too tight absolutely well I think this is a perfect segue to talk about face it yeah can you share a little bit or not a little bit share it all I want to hear I want them all to hear everyone that's listening about this collection and body of work and what it represents and how it came to be absolutely okay so I guess first, how it came to be. Last year in my pop-up gallery, this is a, the we just got off of the second year of me doing it. And when I was in there last summer, I had quite a few people come into the gallery and ask me to create custom work for them. And I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, what did you have in mind? And they'd pull out their phone and they'd show me a painting or like some kind of art image, quote unquote, of a woman with no head. And it would just be an image of her, usually nude from the neck down. So crazy. Yeah. And, and when I'm on Instagram and scrolling through or looking through a magazine. We're so bombarded with visual images right now. It's always kind of irked me how often women's heads are just not part of the literal picture. And then when people would come into my gallery specifically, like as Jen said, I mean, I'm painting all these super empowered, super expressed women. So I realized like, if you're coming into my gallery and looking at these paintings and then still asking me to make this custom disempowered headless woman painting for you like there's a real problem here and I like to say you know if you're taking away a woman's face you're taking away her voice you're taking away her individuality her her intellect what makes her great what makes her expressed and it's a shame you know and I wanted to do something about it so that experience made me feel compelled to create face it which is a mixed media collection um, of of paintings and video content that really holds up and celebrates female artists, activists, policymakers, and thought leaders. And the visual imagery involves like these, they're four by four foot, so pretty substantial sized paintings of these amazing women's faces. I 
do the photo shoots as well. But for these photo shoots, we even went bigger with them. So I ha- I'm working with, uh, collaborating with a makeup artist who paints these gorgeous painted masks on my models. And then I'm working with an entire film crew and we're shooting interview content and really going behind the scenes and shooting the photo shoot process, which is really different for me because I've always been very precious about my photo shoot images and kind of wanted to keep it separate and let the magic just shine through through the painting. So I've been a little hesitant to share my process, but I felt that for this particular series, it was important not only to show images of their faces, but also it was important to show their voices and then let the audience see the process of them becoming transformed and stepping into their power. And for that reason, that's why I felt that this series needed to be a truly mixed media experience. Where does the documentary live where people can see the interviews that are happening and this process visually? I am going to post it on probably YouTube and I'll I'll be sharing it on my social media. So follow along on Instagram and I will definitely be sharing it. I I didn't make it public yet because we, the first place we ever shared it was in the gallery and I had a, a little hallway slash room film installation running the entirety of the three week gallery. And so I really wanted people to see the paintings and experience the video kind of at the same time, if at all possible, if they were local. And then we hosted a couple special events, which I was lucky enough to have Jen attend a couple of them. I was lucky enough. <laughs> where uh, we did some some special film screenings. And in fact, one of the amazing models, Laurel Swordlow, the policy director of Planned Parenthood Advocates of Oregon, flew in from Oregon and we got to do a Q&A and a conversation with her in advance of, of screening the film. And that was such a special experience. It Did you have so a good time? Well, I had a great time. What I loved so much about the experience is that she is a true badass. Yeah. Just doing incredible things. Can you share a little bit about what she does? Yeah, absolutely. So she cares just so much about gender equity and reproductive health equity. And so she, as a policy director, works very closely with you know, the legal team and also with government, like actually drafting policy and then talking to these ideas. But then another thing that she shared with me when, when we just had breakfast the other morning, which I thought was really admirable is that like, it's very sexy to pass these giant policies, like for example, and I'm so proud of her. She had a large role in recently passing the most progressive reproductive health legislation that has ever been passed in the United States. And that was while Trump was president. Incredible. But she said, you know, of course, that's very sexy to pass these amazing laws. And then everybody wants to say, okay, great, and move on. But she said that a huge part of what she's doing now is making sure that those laws really get implemented and that there's follow through. So she's working right now to... I'm not sure exactly what that looks like, but really she's stuck with me. What she said, what yeah. also struck me and I said it at the event mm-hmm. as well is that you hear what she does and you sort of in your mind picture a certain type of person who does that work, like maybe fierce and I don't know, like suited up, suited up. <laughs> yes, thank you. I was looking for the right words and she's so feminine yeah. and it's this like juxtaposition of this powerhouse that we know resides within her and this truly beautiful, feminine, empowered woman. And so meeting her at your event and then hearing what she does, it's just, it really invites us all to step into our divine power and to own it and 
to know that we can wear all the different hats at all the different times in our mm, life. And big be time. Who we are in our true expression at yeah. any given moment. It was just a really powerful thing for me to see because, you know, unfortunately, we live in a society where sometimes when women are powerful, there are some undesirable u- words that are used to describe them. Mm-hmm. And it is limiting for us to think if we are seen as powerful, we also are confused as beep. Right. And that's not how I want to live my life. And it's such a confusing message to young girls. And so she is such an example of stepping into your power and being able to maintain your true expression of who you are. And, and I think you are as well, which is why you guys are such great friends because you. you see that in each other. Yeah. It's so interesting you say that. Cause I think it like harks back to the conversation about being put in the box that, you know, as a painter, you can't be using photographs and as a strong, powerful policy director, you can't be wearing makeup. Right. And Laurel will kill me for sharing this, but it's too good not to, <laughs> sorry, Laurel, but she is part of a group of I don't know, intellectuals, her friend circle, they do like PowerPoint presentations to each other on things they're interested about. And she shared with me that she recently did a PowerPoint defending being obsessed with makeup and following the influencer culture for like beauty influencers. And it was like a well-researched intellectual PowerPoint about the <laughs> the positivity or the, you know, the positive aspects because she lives in Portland and makeup is frowned upon and feminine, you know, I think that yeah. in that culture and, and she really took a stand and owned it. Her friends or whoever it was said that that was the best PowerPoint they'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She's a total badass. I think that's so great. Another thing that Laurel really brought to the table was that she's very open about her sexuality and her sensuality. So that was a really cool, cool aspect of this project that I wasn't sure until we really started interviewing the models and, and doing the photo shoot process, how much it would be, because it's like, she, she draws such a beautiful distinction between the issue, which is objectifying women Mm -hmm. versus women being empowered in their own sexuality. And I think she's such a fabulous example and just such a beautiful display of encompassing her own sexuality but on her own terms definitely so powerful do you want to share a little bit about some of the other faces that you have painted so far yeah absolutely I would love to talk about Carrie Hammer so the painting I created of her is called soft power which was inspired by a conversation we had which hopefully will make sense in a little bit but she is a feminist and an entrepreneur and a fashion designer and she created the movement and the fashion line called role models not runway models so she is incredible and she actually was the first person who has ever had a a runway show at New York Fashion Week that she had role models, like actual women who have done very cool things in their lives, walk down the runway model in lieu of the 18-year-old. I don't know. And I'm pretty sure that she also was the first person ever to have somebody in a wheelchair down the New York Fashion Week runway, which is unbelievable. It's incredible that that's actually, uh, like, never happened. Totally. It's just such, it's, again, just such a testament of our power when we step into our authenticity and do the things that I mean she clearly was born to do this and that's just really incredible and and think about all of the people that now feel included 
or seen or represented because of what she chose to do. And my favorite thing, and she also has the super embodied femininity. Like she, she insisted that she would wear red lipstick during her photo shoot. She insisted. And she had like, she's like, I always wear red lipstick. It's my thing. It feels rebellious. It makes me feel like myself. And I was like, you go girl, we're putting red lipstick. Yes. (laughs) But when I had a conversation with her and she was explaining to me what, what it was that she did. And she said, it's, it's soft power because people are not intimidated by fashion. Fashion is beauty. Fashion is, it feels extra, right? It's not, you know, standing in front of somebody at a march with a sign yelling at them. And so it's a, it's a very easy entryway to make real substantial change through a vehicle that seem, that doesn't seem so intimidating. And that that actually resonated with me so much. I went back to my studio and I pulled out my paint and I wrote soft power on the studio wall in paint and it was there for like months afterwards. And I think I painted, you know, I, I like had paintings over it. So I kind of forgot it was there. And then months later when she, she actually lives in, in Shanghai and she wow. came in for a wedding. And so she, we had arranged her photo shoot around when she'd be in town. And I found that phrase again and then when we did the photo shoot the light was very different from the light I usually like to paint I usually like when the sun is out and the guns are out (laughs) sorry I couldn't help that and there's this high contrast and really ripply water and that day it was just it was soft it was soft light and I was furious but I got her face looking so soft and so empowered and so strong that it ended up being so perfect and it ended up calling the painting soft power and it, it just all was what it meant was and meant this to one be. is the other one that has sold already that's right yeah. yeah so we've already sold two of the four paintings which I am so delighted about Amazing. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I'm so happy. Yay, thank you. I mean, yeah, thanks to you. (laughs) I really appreciate it. So great. So I want to talk a little bit about the video packages that you're putting together and that you've put together in the past. Why are you doing that? I'm creating videos because I think that not everybody's Jen. (laughs) Like, as I'm I'm totally joking, but (laughs) mostly joking. I'm creating the videos because while I think that when you look at a painting, it can move you. And of course, certainly I've looked at paintings and have been brought to tears and they can tell a story. It leaves a lot open, open to interpretation. And I love that about paintings. I mean, I'm constantly creating images that I want to have multiple potential meanings, but still behind my work, there's a very clear message. And a lot of it is somewhat social justice driven. And I think that it's really important not only to see the paintings but to also understand the content behind the paintings and I think with with face it in particular if the issue that I'm creating this series to essentially combat is that so often in in art and culture women's heads are not included and it's just their bodies I thought that you know it wouldn't be enough to just create a series of strong women's faces while that would be nice I wanted the point is that when you take away her face, you take away her voice. And so I needed her voice to shine through too. And I needed that to be part of the art, to live alongside these paintings of these women. And my hope is that to get together these paintings that I've touched a thousand times and the videos of the time-lapse of the process of creating the paintings and the video of the process of the photo shoot in advance of creating the paintings and the interviews with the models, my hope is that together those those all those elements will will really inspire and help to shift the the visual narrative that women's worth is is only um from the neck down so powerful 
I love the amount of detail that is featured in these faces compared to the work that you've done in the past. Yeah. This is like hyper realism totally. in terms of art style. Yeah. Why did you choose to do it differently this time? Yeah, thanks. That, yeah, that was very a very intentional choice. So all of these faces are, are a lot more detailed than the work that I've created in previous series. The reason is that I wanted to celebrate their faces <laughs> and I needed to celebrate every pore and every wrinkle and really just show these women as they were. And, and, you know, if you see the paintings, of course, they're elaborate and somewhat theatrical and they have these painted masks. But I insisted that the women had no makeup on their faces so that I could really see the detail I wanted to paint their freckles. I wanted to celebrate their faces. And there's something about the process of painting, which is such a time-consuming practice of, of patience and focus, that feels like a really private, intimate practice of me alone in my studio painting images of these women's faces. And it feels like my own celebration of them. And I feel like I'm bringing their faces back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Can you... Talk a little bit about the masks and the intention of the masks and yeah. the water and what that detail is all about because it's such a significant part of their empowerment. Yeah, absolutely. So all of the women are wearing painted masks. So they they look like masks, but they're, they're face paint, essentially. And the masks go off to the edge of their faces, and then in the water it looks like the masks are dissipating into the water, like turning into ink and washing away. So the masks to me have kind of a dual meaning because I wanted them kind of back to what you said about how Laurel has this empowered femininity and she can wear both parts. You know, it's like on one hand, the masks are negative because they represent society's expectations that they're putting onto women or covering women or hiding parts of women or just seeing what they want to see onto women and the mask, you know, dissipating while they're just like kind of staring at you in these paintings with their eyes open, you know, kind of shed the masks in a negative light. But on the other hand, I really wanted the mask to be beautiful and I wanted them to represent ornamentation and makeup and like almost a celebration of embracing your femininity. And to me, they kind of resemble superhero masks. So I was trying to, through the imagery, play with both sides of what that means. I think that it can be a little difficult to tell a full story just with a face, you know, with if the only element is is like a big face taking up most of the canvas. And I find that the the mask is a cool metaphor to explore a lot of different aspects of this issue. Awesome. What do you want the outcome to be of this collection of work? What are you hoping that this achieves? That I well, I hope that this it would be my ultimate hope that these amazing women that I mean they don't need my help <laughs> they don't need my help they're out there changing the world on their own but I think that the more art that can exist in the world that empowers women and that holds up women in a in a positive strong autonomous light the better right I think that so much of the issue and why I felt compelled to create this series is because we're so desensitized to the um, images of women that are completely objectifying. And I think that there's a lot of power in visual imagery. And, and I just wanted to add, kind of saturate the market with more of the kind of paintings and the kind of visual imagery that I personally, as a woman and as an artist, find beautiful and empowering and strong. 
yeah, that, that's what my hope is for the series. Wonderful. What role does marketing and public relations play in what you do? Oh, huge role. So I, like I said, I've been a full-time painter for over nine years now. That's and incredible. Part, I, I say full-time it's painter. It's like incredible <laughs> yeah. that you've only been doing it for nine years and also incredible that it's been nine years. I don't Aww. know. It's yeah. a weird... You know how time flies and also right. feels like forever. I love that you said that. Cool. Well, t- 10 years from now, we'll, we'll chat yes. and see what where we're at. I can't wait to see what your art looks like in 10 years God, because I can't it either. has evolved so much. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. Really, really. It is interesting. I mean, even walking into your office this morning and seeing Follow Your Goddess, I love it, but it definitely is a slight, it's, it is a different style than my my newest work and it's and so even, special to have them together now. Even your trip to London this last year, there are pieces that you created that are totally different style, even one that I collected right. that you created there that is totally unique and that's the whole purpose of why I purchased it. It yeah. stood out to me as like this is a really special, unique piece that there won't be more of, most likely. No, no. Or yeah, it was that London trip was amazing because I've been, I find that my work over the past nine years has been a progression where it's like, if I always think if I, if I had the privilege somehow to have like the most giant warehouse ever and to lay every single painting I've ever made out in sequential order, I, I know that not only like conceptually does one painting inform the next, but also aesthetically and technically each painting kind of builds upon the painting before it but what was so exciting was when I was in London my partner Chris was like Sarah you need to put your phone away you're on it you're on a trip so I had an art studio in London where I got to paint for two weeks which is amazing I didn't post I didn't interact with the world and so I felt like I could use this time to just experiment like I wasn't tethered to what I was making before and it was the most fun I've ever had painting. It was like so the fun. most fabulous, fabulous time. And I am hoping that next year I get, I'll get to go back for a longer period of time and, and paint again in London. And I'm excited to see. Maybe I'll revisit that painting or who knows. But it was it was the best. Anyway, what were we talking about? We were about? talking about marketing and public relations. Oh, right, that. And how you marketed <laughs> yourself and if public relations... Media, any media opportunities in particular have played a role in helping you to achieve success because there's so many artists out there who've been doing this far longer than you who haven't achieved consistent income mm-hmm. to be able to sustain their life not just to sustain and maintain but to actually thrive and do things like go to London for painting and take time to be yeah. in Florence and to dress and be fully expressed and all the things that you have and I think for anybody listening who is an artist, it might be great to share some of the things that have worked for you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, a huge part of my everyday involves marketing and public relations. <laughs> I think that a lot of artists will contact me and be like, Sarah, like you're, you're a full-time painter. That's so great. I'm so lucky. That's so calming. Like You just get to paint and get inspired all day. But such a huge part of what I do is, is brainstorming. I'm like trying to build my own little business here, you know? And I'm always 
seeking out creative opportunities, thinking about how I can partner with, with different businesses or different art shows because an artist budget isn't huge. Like for example, back in 2017, when I created that rainbow ribbon magic series, I partnered with an art fair and actually got them to sponsor my work and my booth at an art fair, both in San Diego and in Miami in exchange for me creating the ascent, the, this giant entryway goddess tunnel installation, which was great marketing. So it was like, I think that a lot of, I think I've benefited a lot from thinking outside the box. I think that there's a lot of opportunities that exist that are ready-made for artists. And I think that whenever I see those opportunities, I think, well, why, why do those opportunities exist? Because whoever's creating them is going to get something from them. So there's so many opportunities, for example, where magazines will say, okay, pay it, pay us $50 to, you know, see if you can get in this magazine. And it's like, well, who is that $50 benefiting? Right. Or art fairs, like, pay us $8,000 for a week to have a booth at this fair. Who is that benefiting? It's benefiting the art fair. So as an artist, I think I've always tried to think outside of the box and think, well, okay, what is it that the art fair wants? They want people to come to the show. They want press. They want publicity. I, how can I offer that to them and partner with them? And I think that, that that's sort of just one example, but in so many, and with London, for example, I always wanted to do an art residency in London, but I didn't apply to an art residency in London, I made my own art residency in London and I talked to everybody I could and I was persistent for probably the past six years, just anyone with a British accent, I'd be like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm showing in a gallery there and I'm I'm planning a pop-up for next year. And And people probably say to you all the time, you're so lucky that these things happen to you. Yeah, all the time. (laughs) Realizing that opportunity meets preparation. And so you are willing to do the work when the opportunities come and step into it, which creates more opportunities. I know just from knowing you, when I have had opportunities that I've shared with you, it's like, I want to keep giving them to you because I know you'll always show up mm, and thanks. you will, you know, bring out all the ribbons and all <laughs> the girls and all the makeup and all the glitter because, and make it a beautiful experience for whatever the process is. And so it causes me to want to help you more. And I think that that's so true for other people who extend a helping hand. Yeah. It's not just about them helping. It's about you really rising to the occasion. And I think exceeding expectations. And that's really what your art is about. It's this like hyper color and you bring things to life. And so for all artists, finding a way to create an experience for people that is beyond a talking head and a piece of art. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, thank you for for sharing that and for making opportunity. And that, I mean, that's the thing too. It's like, if you, you always have to show up and be kind to every single person I was just having a conversation about this the other day. It's like so many people get up on a high horse and are not nice to people that they find that are like beneath them in some way. And I was talking about my mom and I was like, my mom is as like awesome and nice and like fully herself to like the random dude at the dive bar that she is to her like fancy friends, you know, out to lunch or something, you know, and it's I think that that. I've learned from example. It's like you never know. You have to be nice to everybody and you have to show up and be authentic and try as much as possible just to be real with people and to be really honest. And that's been, you know, an evolving process of of trying to maneuver my life and my business and and always stay true to my ideals. Yeah. 
Well, you do such a beautiful job. Thank you so much. <laughs> what has been most instrumental in you selling your art? What What do you think for people listening, aside from you know activations? What do you What works for you? Hmm. I think that. Yeah, I really also want to say a lot of people ask like, what was the one thing that that clicked, or what was that one news appearance that you got that was that blew your career up or when did you make it and I really feel like I've never made it I think that it's just been like if you looked at a a graph it would just be like constantly growing like a line that's constantly moving in an upward direction ideally right and I think that's just because you know it's like it's just consistency it's like always be prepared always be ready for for things to blow for to blow it and then but hope for the best and how Pick do you yourself know it's up. time to celebrate? <sighs> like today is the time because I just delivered <laughs> yeah. a painting but and the gallery's over. Feel that way every day. <laughs> Another quote from my mom is she's gonna kill me when she listens to this. When my little nephew was born, she like held him in his arms and she was like, We all we do is party. We just go from one party to the next. You're going to have so much fun in this life. And we always make fun of her for that because it's so true. Like my, my mom and I work together and we do just go from one party to the next. And I think like having a, we work so damn hard, <laughs> so but also having, listening, uh-huh. Betty is your business manager. What do you, what is she's the, the director of operations. Director so of she operations. doesn't do all, I mean, it's a misconception that she does all the business because I'm definitely have two hands in, but we just, we work together. We, you know, everything takes four hands. (laughs) Everyone needs a buddy. Yeah. I love it. That's so great. What was it like having your summer gallery this year? What had, what were some of the highlights? Uh, The summer gallery was, was awesome. So last year I had the summer gallery was my very first time running my own gallery and we threw four events. We got sponsors for all of the events. Every event had a theme and we were open nine hours a day, seven days a week for two months. That was a very successful, but very intense experience. You know, I think that art is, I mean, when I'm making art, I'm putting a lot of energy into it, but it takes so much energy talking about my art to people you know, all day, every day for nine hours a day. That was, that was a, an illuminating experience. This year we shortened it a little bit. We did it for three weeks, which I think was much more reasonable. And I could really bring my full self to the gallery every day and slightly less hours. We still work seven days a week, or seven days a week, seven hours a day, which was a lot, but I made it through. Some things that I learned along the way were that, well, I, first of all, I had a couple people working with me. I have an amazing curator named Danya Ramos, and it felt so good to be able to bring her in and to work with me. She'd call me like most mornings and be like, okay, Sarah, like I'm talking to, to John at Alta Brewing about picking up the kegs, and it's like, it was so cool. And then Holly Suter, who's my videographer who created the Face It film, she also did helped me out with some graphic design stuff and little things here and there for the gallery. And having this small but mighty team of me those two and my mom Betty who just all had one brain about it and all were so passionate about getting everything done and were all so overly communicative that like we all felt really heard and like we could share was just such an exciting experience and also helped the process 
run so much smoother. I, I was so much less like run ragged, which I, I truly was the first time around. Yeah. It, and it was great. It was really, really great. I felt like the first time was just so, so, so exhausting. And this time I was like, okay, like I can do this again because, Amazing. you know, anytime you do something, if you do it once, it's just always going to be easier the next time. So that was really exciting. Yeah. And you touched on it just a moment ago, talking about your mom helping and that you still have your hands in the business. And I think it's safe to say that you work your tail off every day I and mean, you're running your business. You're I, and I think people forget sometimes that artists are business owners. Yeah. This is a business yeah. and you are not just the creator. You're the visionary. You actually are the painter. You are running every aspect. And so it's got to be so difficult, at least in my mind, to delegate this thing that is so intimately yours. How does it feel when you see your art on people's walls? Do you ever miss paintings? Wow, that's a good question. I feel like I... Sometimes I miss some paintings, but usually... I find it like very cathartic to put paintings out into the world because if I held on to all of them, I wouldn't be growing. It's like I'm my most creative when my studio walls are empty and I feel this like fire under my butt booty to like keep making more work and to keep growing. So yeah, it feels like part of the process. It's like growth and release, create, release, create, release. And I really, I really love that. Seeing my paintings in the world is the best feeling in the world especially if I like get to encounter an old friend it feels like encountering an old friend and also I just like I mentioned before that I just painted that mural on the fifth floor of the Porta Vista Hotel and that's my biggest painting I've ever made it's 25 feet that's wide so by 12 feet tall thank you but when I was driving to Little Italy every day I would see it on my drive like driving through Colombia and I'll see it from the freeway too. Like I see this thing I look for all it. the I'm time. Like always trying to catch a glimpse of it. Oh yeah, amazing. Oh wait, somebody, <laughs> a friend texted me the other day and was like, "I saw your mural from the airplane as we were landing." <gasps> oh, and for those of you who don't know, it's I don't think they did, but the the airplane or the mural is so inspired the by the ride. airplanes. <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> I need. We need to get a plane. <laughs> we need to get a plane. We need to take a picture from the air. Let's do that this weekend. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I reflected the airplane in the in the mural sunglasses. And so it just like really came full circle. But anyway, seeing that mural is always so fun. I feel like so my weird. girl exists. And I always, always say hi to her. And it's the weirdest. It's the weirdest for some reason. Maybe you can tell me why. I don't know exactly why. When I'm in an Uber or a Lyft. And I see it from, like, because it's like I'm with a stranger for some reason. Yeah. That makes it so much more surreal that she's out there. You I know what I mean? It. I have no idea why it feels that way. But maybe it's like when your family visits when you're in college and you take them to a restaurant you always go to. And the restaurant suddenly looks different than it normally looks. And you're judging yourself. And yeah. you're wanting to know if they notice this or that. It's maybe it just has to do with something like that because it's a different perspective, a fresh pair of eyes that you're looking through their eyes. I think it's like I'm with a stranger, and I'm seeing that like yeah, that maybe this this thing I painted might be part of like their visual landscape, which never happens. Like as a as a painter who mostly creates, I mean, I paint large, and but I paint on canvases. Have you had people? Maybe there's a little anticipation to see if they comment on it or if they talk mm. about it in the passing 
Well, it's a little hidden from the street because it's five stories up. So I don't actually think that they're like looking at it. But anyway, everybody who's listening, if you're ever in an airplane, please take a photo. Hashtag. (laughs) Send send it to us. We would love to see the airplane mural from an airplane. Yes. (laughs) And then I'll retire. I love it. (laughs) So great. What's next? Oh, what's next? Everyone keeps asking me that. And I'm like, I'm going to go on vacation. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. What's next is I am so excited to continue with the Face It series. I haven't announced who my next model is. Should we do it? Do you want to? I want you to do it. Jen introduced me to the next model, which I am so excited about. So Sarah's going to be painting Mona Tavakuli, and she is just a dream of a person. Uh, She's such a badass, beautiful, empowered person who goes around the world making a difference. She is a percussionist. She was on the cover of Drummer Magazine. Mona is the one of the co-founders of Rock and Roll Camp for Girls Los Angeles. She's also one of the reigning Janes, and she is has been touring the world with Jason Mraz for his last couple of albums. And she, just being in her presence is, she'll just light you up. She just had a Levi's commercial that she was asked to do to talk about how she empowers young girls. She's just an, just an amazing human being. Her light is so bright and she just lights up the world with her energy. To see her on stage is something special. You should definitely look her up, Mona Tavakuli. And she's just going to be gorgeous. I'm so excited. And Jen introduced us. Thank you so much. Of course. She's a good friend of Jen's and I am, I'm just so excited. I mean, I think that everything she's done with rock and roll camp for girls and just, just her presence of, of embody, you know, being her full self and being a, a female drummer in a world where there aren't very many female drummers is just so empowering and, and amazing and really embodies what I hope that face it will be about. So anyway, yeah, I'm very, so excited to feature Mona next, and I'm so excited to feature Jen at some point. And um, (laughs) just to continue with the series and see where it goes, because so much of it is just an experiment to see where it will end up and what we'll do with these films. You know, I mean, we just wrapped up the first installment of Face It, which was just the four paintings and and a short film installation, but my brain is turning with so many different ideas of of what could happen next. And then also I, I briefly mentioned, and I hope this happens so I'm just going to put it out there if it doesn't don't judge me but I am trying to arrange a stent in London next year where I want to go actually switch lives so switch homes and studios with another artist who's fabulous Mark Pearson he's an unbelievable figurative realist painter and he paints mostly from observation so I can't wait to see what he does in San Diego and and then I want us to come together for a show and host a pop-up in London in fall 2020 so I just am excited to get back to the studio and get inspired keep going with face it and see what happens next and I have a show in Australia or I'm I'm part of a group show in Australia in October so I really need to get my butt in the studio it's in Mermaid Beach it's a gallery called 19 Karen Gallery. So that's, that's so exciting. That's Lots of international stuff this year. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining today. Oh my God, thank so you. to hear your stories and to talk about you and all the beautiful work that you do and all the stories that you tell through painting. Oh, thank you so much for seeing me and for being the world's greatest. I so appreciate it. And it's been so nice talking to you as always. 
Interested in receiving free marketing and public relations resources? Visit IlluminateGreatness.com and subscribe to our newsletter to receive valuable weekly content that will inspire you and help you grow your business. That's IlluminateGreatness.com. Thank you for listening to the Illuminate Greatness podcast brought to you by Olive Creative Strategies.